Welcome to Catalyst Conversations, the podcast that brings you real-world stories and solutions from a wide variety of acoustic experts. Each episode, we'll dive into a different topic from the world of acoustics, such as architectural and industrial noise control, seismic and vibration restraint, acoustical testing, or innovative design and engineering of sound control products. Our experts have decades of experience in this space and are eager to share their expertise with you. Join us in making the world a quieter place. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Catalyst Conversations. My name is Adam Ritzak, and I'm excited to introduce you to today's podcast, which is an audio presentation of a popular IAC acoustics webinar discussion between Mary Neal, an audiologist with Hearing Diagnostics, LLC, and Rodrigo Musquez, IAC's Architectural Enclosures Sales Manager. Since 1949, IAC Acoustics, one of the brands in Catalyst's portfolio of leading noise control solutions, has built over 40,000 audiometric rooms in hospitals, clinics, universities, schools, labs, and medical centers across the U.S. and around the globe, making them the world's leading supplier of audiometric testing and medical research facilities. Mary Neal joins us with over 30 years of experience, helping to explain the importance of audiometric testing. Together with Rodrigo, she'll also share some important product considerations. So let's get right into today's Catalyst Conversation. Hello and welcome. My name is Rodrigo Musquiz. I joined IAC earlier this year as the architectural and medical enclosure sales manager. Uh, prior to this role, I ran the manufacturing shop at the Catalyst Acoustic uh, facility. So today we have uh, Mary Neal with us. Mary, welcome. Would you like to uh, do a brief introduction of yourself and tell us a little bit about hearing diagnostics? Sure. Uh I am an audiologist, and I graduated um, from the Ohio State University and then uh, Florida for my doctorate. And I recently, after a lot of experience in a lot of different uh, parts of audiology, clinical um, training and uh, equipment sales, uh, started a business, which is hearing diagnostics, where I am continuing to work with uh, audiological equipment sales along with audiometric booth sales, which is how I know you. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. So one of the things that, uh, you know, we've, we've kind of been discussing is that I feel like our audience, you know, is split in terms of those who know uh, what audiolo audiology testing is and those who don't. Uh, with that being said, can you uh, shed some light on that topic? Sure, I think you're right. I think a lot of uh, a lot of people know what it is. Sometimes when I'm trying to describe audiology testing, um, I try to jog people's memory back to when they were in grade school and ask them if they remember, um, you know, wearing the headphones and uh, raising your hand when you hear the beep, uh, that kind of thing. A lot of times people remember that. Do you remember that? Did you I remember I remember that from school, but I also remember that through my uh, manufacturing years, uh, having to do uh, yearly uh, testing. Right, right. So people who uh, work in a factory or in manufacturing, a lot of times will have uh, experience with uh, annual hearing screenings, hearing tests, uh, to make sure that their hearing doesn't change when they're exposed to noise. Um, so yeah, I was just uh, training some people on hearing screenings where they will test infants and preschoolers. And, um, and we talked a little bit about 
remembering what is a hearing test or sometimes I ask if you've been in a quiet room, a quiet booth uh, for a hearing test. And, um, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, I, I, I was waiting for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so sure, a lot of people um, remember the hearing test that they had as a kid or from work um, or also in the military. Um, and sometimes people will remember taking their child who maybe had a history of ear infections to uh, an audiologist for a hearing test where you go Excellent. in the audiometric booth. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so what type of, what are the different types of testing and uh, who are the groups that are being tested? Uh, so if you're thinking about testing in a booth, um, yes. uh, so there are different kinds of testing more than just the screening that you had when you were a child. Um, if you go to the audiologist for a hearing test, you will put the headphones on and not only do you listen to tones, but then there is also speech testing, um, where the audiologist will repeat some words and the, um, the person who's listening will repeat the words back. Some of them are really soft, so you have to uh, listen and respond um, with the correct word. And uh, that would be speech testing. There are also some other tests where it needs to be quiet testing of uh, infants, where you use some uh, different types of equipment to get a response. Um, from the baby without them having to respond, uh, which we call electrophysiologic testing. And it would need to be quiet for that type of testing as well. Does that answer your question? Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, so one of the things that I think we've talked a little bit in the past is that, you know, we've always been told that we need to go see the dentist or that we need to see the our, our eye doctor, you know, at least once or twice a year. Uh, but I don't think that, you know, most of us or our listeners go to see an audiologist every year. Uh, is that something that we should be doing regularly? Oh, that's a good question. Um, and that question pops up actually in audiology fairly often. Uh, I know you've had a hearing test because you had them through work. Um, but a lot of times you, you haven't had a hearing test and you... You always um, uh, think about that when I'm talking to people about have you had a hearing test is I talk about the dentist, you know, because you, you go to the dentist and I know I'm wearing glasses, so I've been to the um, eye doctor. But um, sometimes even if you have a screening that suggests you might need a hearing test, uh, people are a little hesitant to go to the audiologist for, for some reason. Um, but the, uh, sorry, if you um, think about starting out, it's not a bad idea to have a baseline hearing test. So even if you haven't been every year or every other year, uh, because you have an existing hearing loss that's being monitored, um, or something that pops up where you have uh, ear pain or a reason, a sudden loss of hearing, a reason to go 
have your hearing tested, it's a good idea to have a baseline hearing test and then go back every so often, or at least, you know, if you um, notice a change in your hearing. Yeah, I think it's uh, sometimes maybe more, uh, it's easier for somebody else to detect that hearing loss on you than yourself, no? It, uh, it sometimes is. Yes. It's, uh, it's something where I think people are concerned about some people, not all people. Some people are concerned about wearing hearing aids or something that might show that you have hearing loss. But like you said, sometimes it's more visible just, uh, if you're, if you're not understanding in in conversation. Thank you. So um, all these tests are being conducted, you know, conducted somewhere. Uh, where is that somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all different places, actually. So uh, hearing screenings can be conducted in all kinds of places. Um, you know, schools, we talked about um, early education, Head Start, those types of places you do hearing screenings, sometimes at um, health some um, screenings, They'll have uh, some sort of hearing screening. Um, a lot of times in May, Better Speech and Hearing Month, you'll have uh, hearing screenings that happen. Um, but you have also diagnostic tests, which will happen in a private practice setting for audiology, sometimes in um, an ENT office, a hospital. Uh, a wide variety of settings, but also in um, industrial settings and military settings where you have annual hearing tests. Yeah, I've seen, uh, you know, requests, you know, like you mentioned on uh, clinics and uh, typically, you know, what they, they request are like a single wall uh, booth. Um, request for uh, a booth. What kind of a booth do they need? Correct. Yeah. Um, and then where I've seen, you know, mostly on uh, hospitals requesting more of a suite and potentially having a double wall room. Um, mm -hmm. wh why do you think that there's that difference in, in need uh, from a single wall or to a double wall or to a, um, a suite? Uh, well, it I think it, it depends a little bit on what um, what their specialty is or what they're specializing in as far as uh, hearing testing. Um, in I was just in a children's hospital yes, yesterday, recently, and um, they had double wall sound booths and suites um, in the, the main hospital and then uh, uh, mostly double wall for their testing. Um, just for uh, the sake of, you know, having it be as isolated from the outside sounds as possible. So does it depend on the type of testing that they're performing or the research that's been happening? Uh... I think it can uh, depend on um, well, that. And then also sometimes if it's a private practice clinic, sometimes uh, they maybe don't have as much space. So then uh, single-walled is an option. If they need a quieter room, then the single-walled booth uh, can offer, then you know we have enhancement packages. So you can add another layer, which is not necessarily a, a double-walled booth that would take up 
more space, but you can add another layer of sound isolation to the inside, which also makes it, um, uh, it gives it a nice appearance, uh, a nicer aesthetic. Yeah, so the, the single wall gives us the NIC50, so it's a four-inch wall, right? Uh, but then when you start adding the enhancements, uh, we can go into an NIC60 or an NIC70, uh, depending on, like you mentioned, what, what is being uh, needed at the location. And okay. also maybe the uh, ambient noise that's happening outside, uh, not only of the host room, but also uh, outside the building. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and also something that people don't necessarily always think about um, if they have, like I, when I was in clinic, I worked in a, a double walled booth with a single walled control room and we were isolated and the floor um, was raised. So we, we had a lot of sound isolation. We had a separate corridor. So there wasn't so much uh, noise that you had to think about out in the hallway, but uh, even footsteps you know, if you um, don't have the isolation of the the floor and you're up on a higher floor in a building, those are some things you have to take into consideration. What floor are you on in your in your building? Yeah, I think uh, in the past we've talked about that. Um, you know, the need sometimes for uh, having a control and exam room, so mm-hmm. that when you're actually talking to the patient that the patient doesn't hear the background noise that's happening, you know, in the area outside of the, where the uh, patient is being uh, conducted the testing. Yep. Um, So a lot of times uh, for that, and now it's a lot easier with the audiometers that we have available to us, but um, you know, we wear a headset uh, similar to this with the boom microphone to talk to the patient, but you can still pick up noise. uh, that's in the surrounding area if you're not inside a control room, um, which would help with that type of noise. But a lot of times now we can use recorded speech if uh, if we don't have a control room and we just have a single wall booth and we're sitting outside that. Um, a lot of the audiometers come with recorded speech on them. So you can just play the recorded speech uh, mm. for them to, uh, not hear the, the noise in the, the background, background. Yeah. but it's definitely nice to have the control room where you can close the door and you don't hear the people in the hallway, uh, yeah, especially when I, you're talking to the patient. Yeah. I think where I've seen those mostly installed have been in either hospitals or VAs. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any other experience. Well, uh, since working with uh, you all at IAC, I have gotten to see a lot more varied types of settings than I did just when I was working in the clinic. And when I worked in the clinic, I think I was lucky I had the, you know, the suite. And, um, and that's nice because you do have really good sound isolation. You don't have to worry about the people in the hallway so much. Um, but in the VA settings, you see uh, a lot of the double walled booths, double walled suites, and also in hospitals. Um, if where I think maybe they have more space, what do you think? Probably, probably. Huh? Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the things, the good things that we offer is that, you know, all our posts are completely uh, customizable, right? So uh, we've seen where uh, certain locations, they might have the space or they have the opportunity to put a uh, the four-inch uh, floor panel where they can uh, put, you know, put them uh, under uh, in a pit so that the floor is flushed. Uh, but we have also have our low-profile floors where uh, that the pit is not needed anymore. Uh, so it's actually ADA compliance uh, with that low profile. And at the end of the day, like we've you know been talking about uh, for so long, you know, with uh, the Accutone Two, is that we can make any any size, any shape, and any color. <laughs> yes, and that's nice too because uh, you know it's nice to be able to choose your uh, choose your booth color to go with your um, your clinic decor. I've seen um, for a lot of uh, uh, the people, the khaki shade color is nice because it blends with all kinds of different decor. But I know in recent years, we've done a lot of um, the gray color, which is nice. Um, of course, the color isn't the most important part, is it? <laughs> no, but I think it's important because uh, like you mentioned, you know, when, when you're doing, uh, you know, you're working with children, they, they might not feel... Um, more they might not feel like it's a hospital or if it's you know that serious so it might make them feel a little bit more comfortable right yeah uh, that's the same thing with uh you know providing uh, windows uh, on the door you know full class so that they don't feel uh you know enclosed in the area at the end mm -hmm. of the day we want to make sure that the patient's actually comfortable on the inside correct? yeah and you mentioned the windows and and that's nice especially if you are um like in an industrial setting um or uh, in a private practice clinic where you have a smaller booth, if you do add the um, glass to the door, it is um, a nice way to make a smaller booth feel bigger. And it, you know, a lot of times people who go in for a hearing test have never been in a quiet room. You know, when you close the door, it is a different feel. I mean, I go in and out of uh, audiometric booths frequently, so I. I don't really notice that so much, but if it's the first time you go in one, do you remember the first time you went in an oh, yes. audiometric booth? <laughs> yeah. Ha. I think if, it was, uh, so it, it was a little bit intimidating, you know, from the time that I remember, you know, at the industrial site. So there would be a uh, bus that would, you know, be uh, right. getting to the location and they would do, I think it was 10, you know, people at a time. And mm -hmm. so you would have to fill out the form and talk about your age and, you know, what, what were the conditions of your, you know, if you had any, uh, any uh, sinuses or headaches, you know, that would potentially impede, you know, with the, with the results. Ringing in your ears, things like yeah. that. Uh, but it was, it was, it was a little bit uh, overwhelming, I, I'd say the first time. And after that, it just, you know, it, it was part of uh, normal year to year, you know, things to do. Right, right. But I think having the glass in the door, sometimes if it's a smaller booth, it, it makes it feel more open and you don't feel uh, like does. you're in a, a strange, quiet place. I like that. I, I like going in, in a booth. It's nice to have the quiet. Almost but... uh, sometimes too quiet, <laughs> which is a good <laughs> sometimes. thing. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Um, so my next, uh, the next question I had for you is, uh, you know, what are the things or the kind of things that you see with some of the low prof, uh, low performing rooms? Uh, you mean a competitor of, uh, 
of IAC. But of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do have an example where I was uh, installing some equipment in, in a booth that was not an IAC booth. And um, there was a problem with the microphone. There's a microphone inside the booth. So the audiologist can hear you, if you were the patient, talking um, over their headset. And um, the microphone wasn't working. So we had to do some troubleshooting for that. And we tried a different microphone. And the, um, the audiologist was in the booth with the door shut. And she says, can you hear me now? And uh, I, I said, yes. But the microphone wasn't working, and and you, I could hear her. But um, some of the walls are not as as thick as oh, the wow. the IAC uh, booth walls, right? So um, the four inch panel makes a difference. Uh, so basically, in this situation, the equipment was not uh, connected, and you could hear the other patient on the other side of the room uh, through the walls. Right. Right. Yes. So I was looking through the window. So, I mean, I could see that you she could was see that yeah, she was also. trying to talk yes. to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But there was a little look of surprise on her face because she could hear me as well. And I didn't have a, a headset on at the time. But um, but yeah, it makes a difference when you uh, when you have the um, thicker wall panels in your booth and um, single wall or the double wall booth. Um, this was just a single wall. Uh, instance, but well, I think we got a couple of things to our advantage, right? So we know that uh, our product has been lab tested and you know certified labs, mm -hmm. and the uh, other part is that we guarantee our performance. So you know we we won't see issues um, like those with with our product. Yes, yes, and I've been uh, working with IAC booths for um, quite a while uh, now, and it's. Uh, it's definitely something that I, I now pay attention to, whether I'm in an IAC booth or uh, a booth made by one of the competitors. Uh, definitely yeah, so, feels like it makes a difference. Yeah, well, recently we've, uh, I've gotten a couple of calls where people uh, have made the decision to either move their booth from one practice or from one building to another because of relocation. Uh -huh. And uh, they they requested like uh, installation packages so they can know how it was put together and how it was you know how it's supposed to be moved. Um, obviously, my my first question is like, why would you want to move it? Let's just get a new one, right? Uh, but <laughs> the response that I get is that uh, they they love them, they love them. Yeah. Right? They they don't want to get rid of them, and they, they they last that long. I mean, some of them have been over twenty years, uh, and they're so happy with the product. Yep. Uh, I have uh, I have done some um, up updating of uh, light fixtures, you know, to uh, something that's a little brighter um, mm -hmm. with uh, with an older booth, so that it it has a newer feel to it, or even right. brightening up the the paint color um, from something. You know, we don't have the same taste in paint colors as we did in the seventies or eighties, maybe. What about you? Yeah. You think so? Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, so. What we've seen is, uh, like you mentioned, maybe updating a little bit on the electrical uh, or, or going through the lights in themselves, because now, you know, technology has moved, you know, uh, forward a lot. Uh, now with LED lights, you know, things make it a lot more brighter. Um, Definitely. They, they burn less energy and stuff like that. But yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. So we've talked about uh, why the boots are needed and where they go into. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, from your end, uh, going into and knowing like what or how to place an order, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, it, just from my perspective where, you know, I worked in a clinic, but I never set up the clinic. So a lot of times we don't know what goes into um, selecting a booth or moving a booth even. Um, and the, all the things you have to consider because the, um, the booth is not something that just arrives all put together. And you have to think about how are you going to get the individual panels into the room where the booth is going to be installed. So you do have to take into consideration a lot of things like the, the size of the room and the size of the booth that you want to place in the room and which way the door will open so that it makes it easier for patients to get into the room. And um, a lot of times people will work with an architect um, who can help them with some of those things. But uh, even architects might not know that the booth doesn't sit right up against the wall in the host room. So there are a lot of things that you have to consider and uh, what floor are you going to be installing the booth and you have to go to the site well, I would go to the site. You right. would go to the site and take a look at um, the space and do some measurements to make sure that the panels will fit. And then there are some things that you can do uh, to help with that as far as how you configure the booth and which way the ceiling panels run, the short way or the long way, things like that. Yeah, I think the, so there's a lot of things uh, taken into consideration. And, and at the end of the day, we want to make sure that the, uh, you know, the end, end user uh, is, is happy. Uh, mm-hmm. But like you mentioned, we got we to gotta figure how we're going to get the product inside, how it's going to get assembled, you know, what kind of equipment can go inside to make, make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as you were talking about the, the spacing of the room, of the host room, mm-hmm. um, Recently, I got a uh, quote or not, a request from uh, a general contractor that's doing an install on a VA. Mm-hmm. And uh, they sent me out the plans and I looked at them and I said, you know, you're, you're missing you're missing eight inches. So I got to shrink the room a little bit. It's like, what do you mean? It's like, well, you know, you need four inches on at the end of, of uh, uh, at the end of the booth before you hit the walls. Right. Um, and you that was that something. Lot. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I don't, I don't want to lose any more space. It's like, you know, I understand what, you, what you're telling me, but this is what's required, right? Right, uh, right. To make, to make sure that it's a successful uh, install. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are other things uh, like that, too, that uh, people don't necessarily think about that you can help with with the booth is finishing it off so that it looks like a a finished space. So those gaps of four inches, you can fill with a a closure plate that gives you the same look. So it looks like it's all booth, but it goes all the way to the walls to fill those little gaps and um, little things like that, that I never would have thought about, uh, you know, when I was an audiologist working in the clinic, but now I think about those things. Uh, to closure plate or drywall, some way to finish off the space. Correct. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, to make it look, um, you know, like you mentioned, aesthetics, right? So the the, the good thing about uh, our product is that there's no exposed fasteners, so you don't you don't see, uh, you know, screws or nails or glue or anything that goes, you know, uh, to that. Uh, right. So now you have a nice smooth finish with your closure mm-hmm. plates, and it might look like it's part of the building, and it's not just a standalone, you know. Uh, right, room, right, right. Yeah. It uh, gives it the look of a long finished wall. And, uh, and you can't tell, you know, where the booth starts necessarily, or it looks like it's all booth. Right. So I know we've covered uh, a lot of ground here, uh, but is there anything else that uh, we didn't talk about that you'd like to include uh, before we sign off? Uh, I'm sure there are a lot of things that, uh, <laughs> that we could talk about. Um, a long pause. I don't know. What about you? Is there anything that uh, that we should talk about? No, I think we're good. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for your time. That's all the time that we have for today. Uh, thank you, Mary, for joining us. Yep. It was nice to talk to you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you'd like to learn more about IAC Acoustics and Hearing Diagnostics, please visit their websites at iacacoustics.com or hearingdx.com. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. Please be sure to subscribe to the show if you have not already, and we'd love it if you could leave us a rating or review to help others in the industry learn more about our podcast.